it's that time of the year, hear the sleigh bells ring. You can feel it in the air, let's celebrate with everything. Blow the trumpet, play the strings, and let the caroling begin. Brothers and sisters, gather around, it's time to sing, make a joyful sound. Light the tree, let it shine, to each other, let's all be kind. Bring the presents and share the love, be the hands and feet of the Lord. It's a season of comfort and joy, where we celebrate the newborn boy that was born in a manger, Jesus Christ, our Savior. He came to bring hope to the weary and the lost. He came to bring peace to all who believe. He is the light of the world. This is the real reason for our celebration. God came to earth to bring us salvation. Angels and shepherds witness and praise this miracle baby that was born to reign. Let every heart make room this season to adore our Savior, King Jesus. So put up your lights and decorations and let them shine bright. Together with all nations, we'll celebrate Jesus Christ. Turn up the music everywhere to praise His name and let every song declare that for us, He came. I know you can do better than that. Let's show our love. Amen. Yeah. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. For those of you who may be here for the very first time, I am Pastor Wendy, and I belong to Pastor Ray. <laughs> and we are so excited for you to be here to celebrate with us today, Christmas at Converge. Yes. We have so many visitors. If we have not hugged your neck or said hello, 
We will see you after service. We've Absolutely. got coffee and water in the back. I have special guests, my teammate from Spradley Elementary, Sarah Bedell and her husband are here. So let's give it up for fourth grade, fourth grade teachers. And then I have my mini mine, Nia Kennedy in the house, all the way from Boston. All the way from yes. Boston. And we've got Marcus and all of those that have returned from college. We are very excited. And so we're going to get started for today. Yeah, we're super excited because today's worship experience is going to be a creative representation of the Christmas story. In fact, it's not just going to be a creative representation. It's going to be a multi-generational representation of the Christmas story. So we've got some surprises up our sleeves. Let, let me give honor to whom honor is due. And, and right center stage was one of our very own Converge students, Michaela Griggs, dancing yeah. with the officials. And uh, the officials are an award-winning dance crew uh, out of Next Steps uh, Performing Arts Center in Frisco. And uh, they have performed for the Cowboys. They performed for Ice Cube's Big Three halftime show. Uh, they've won several awards, competitions, etc., across the nation. We're really honored that they were here to kick off today's experience with us. But again, we're so excited that you are here with us. And uh, this is our Christmas worship experience, and we are going to celebrate Jesus in a very, very special way as we prepare to worship together. So would you stand with us? And Pastor Wendy, would you pray for us yes. as we kick off today's worship experience together? Come on. Most gracious and everlasting Father, we just come to you first of all saying thank you. We do acknowledge that this is the day that you have made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, Jesus, we have gathered just for you to lift up your name, to have fun, and just to express the gratitude we have yes. that you came. We love you so much. We ask that your Holy Spirit just sit with us. We will not be remiss in remembering all of the miracles and wonderful things you've done up until this point. Thank you. So, Lord Jesus, we exalt you. We ask that you just be placed in your proper place in our lives and in this moment. We enthrone you as Lord of all, King of kings, high and lifted up. Yes. We love you, Jesus. We commit all of this time to you. It is in your precious everlasting wonderful name that we pray amen, amen. let amen. us worship together let us worship together come on let me hear you make some noise in this place come on somebody just shout hallelujah to the king here we go help us sing this oh come all ye faith lift your voice Joyful and triumphant, oh come ye, oh come ye to Bethlehem.
come on, just give a praise. Fill this room with worship. Fill this room with worship right now. Above all 
which we have gathered in this place today, my Bible tells me that your name is holy. Your name is righteous. Your name is provider. Your name is peace. Your name is joy. Your name is power. Your name is might. Your name is victory. Your name is love. Yours is a name that at above, that, that at every knee it shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that your name is above all names. Your name is great and it is greatly to be praised. The song says you are worthy and your name is worthy to be praised. So we gather here today to praise your name. We thank you for your presence in this place. We love you, God. And everything that we are doing is to celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus and to lift up your name, to give you the glory, to give you the honor, and to give you the praise. Have your way in this service today. Have your way today. We love you. We love you. We thank you. It is in the mighty, matchless, holy, wonderful name of our Savior and our Lord Jesus that we seal this prayer. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our family, friends, and guests here in person and to Converge Nation. We welcome you to Converge Live. Better yet, we welcome you to Christmas at Converge. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining us. If this is your first time joining us today, we appreciate you taking the time to spend a portion of your day worshiping with us. To celebrate your first time, we do ask that you would connect with our pastors at the end of the worship experience. We have a gift for you. It's just our way of greeting you, of welcoming you to Converge and saying thank you so much for joining us. If you guys want to know more about what we do here at Converge, what is going on here at Converge, we ask you to connect with us on our very various social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Converge Church or at We Are Converge. And you can find us on TikTok at Converge Church. Connect with us so you guys can stay in the loop on everything that is happening, all that God is doing right here in and through Converge in this local community. Amen. Cassie. Thank you. A couple of those announcements that you will see if you make sure to follow us on our social media outlets is that this 
uh, Christmas at Converge. Today is our last in-person service of 2022. I hope it's going big, it's going great. You're getting to celebrate and worship because we are taking a little bit of a pause for the end of the year. We will not have a Christmas Eve or Christmas Day service, nor will we have a New Year's Eve service. So um, if you show up, you can worship, but we won't be here with you. Um, so we're gonna take that time uh, to just take a break. It's been a very busy year um, to reflect back um, and to have a little bit of um, just peace at the end of the year so that we can kick it hard starting on January 1st. That will be our next in-person service. So again, uh, this is the last in-person service for this year. Uh, we hope that you have a blessed, blessed time with your friends, your family, resting over these holiday uh, holidays coming up. Um, also, this is the last day of our coat drive, um, our winter coat drive. We want to say thank you to all of you who have um, filled those boxes out there, all kinds of great um, clothes and sweatshirts and hoodies and jackets and beanies and gloves. You're going to be such a blessing to those um, this cold season, as we're already feeling it here, um, that just don't have those uh, the funds or um, the things to keep themselves warm. So thank you so much for being a blessing to them. Also a big thank you for our toy drive that we've been having over, yes, for all of those who came out Thursday, Friday, sorting toys. Um, I, I heard that it was about 500 families that signed up um, that had a need. Um, that's a lot of families. That's a lot of children. That's a lot of people that aren't getting some of the blessed Christmases that, that we have the opportunity to get. So thank you so much for all of you who also came out yesterday to hand those out to make sure that families are blessed this season, that no matter what they're going through in their stage of life, that they can have a little hope, a little joy, and that they're able to bless their families. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all who participated and who, who gave for those. And that's the, it for the announcements from us. We'll bring up Pastor Jesse for the Blessed Life segment. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Converge Church. Thank you so much for coming. We're all excited to have you here to worship with us. We want to thank you because at this time in our service, we get the opportunity to worship God through the giving of our tithes and our offering. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. There are a couple of ways, several ways that you can give. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you an envelope. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety and make sure that it's legible so that we might be able to read it. Thank you so much for your giving. There are some other ways that you can give. You can also give by texting 77977 and the dollar amount. You can give that way. You can also give online at weareconverged.com and you can give by clicking on the icon on the app if you download it to your phone. You can also give by using Zelle or Cash App. You can also receive your offerings that way. We want to thank you all so much for blessing us in your giving, blessing God by obeying His Word, blessing God in every way that you can with your first gifts, your middle gifts, your last gifts, whatever, however God blesses you, you get the opportunity to bless the Lord as well. Look at me. Look at the person next to you and say you look good. Look at the person next to you and say you're giving good. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, we thank you today. God, we praise your name. You're so good and so kind to us, and we just want to th thank you for blessing us. 
God, you bless us coming in and you bless us going out. And we thank you for it. We're asking you today, God, to bless the people as they give into the kingdom of God. God, that you might fulfill your plan and your purpose right here at Converge Church. God, we receive your tithes and we receive your offerings today. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hang all the mistletoe. I'm going to get to know you better. This Christmas and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's going to be together. This Christmas, the fireside is blazing bright. We're caroling through the night. And this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me. Pastor Ray and Pastor Wendy. Hello there. We've got a few Christmas-related questions for you. The first one is, complete this Christmas lyric. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks. 
people laughing, no, filled with laughter and cheer. Holiday filled with cheer. holiday cheer. I, I said it first. You did. <laughs> it was holiday cheer. Oh man, this is tough already. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is going to spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. <laughs> you it's a Okay. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I don't know that one. I know the song, but I have no clue. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Come on, Converge Church, you'll finish that line for us because we have no clue. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Or from the Christmas story. Good answer. Good answer. If you two were to sing a Christmas song as a karaoke and a duet, which song would you sing? Ooh, Santa Baby. There it is. <laughs> Can we hear it? Santa Baby. <laughs> Do you remember the first Christmas gift you received from each other? Ooh, yes, I remember. Because I gave you the watch from JCPenney and you did not like it all the way. <laughs> And I got it on a good sale, so I didn't want him to know it was from JCPenney, and he wanted to take it back. And then guess what he got me? A reversible leather bomber jacket that had the fur on the inside from Wilson's. I still have that jacket. But you do you still have the watch? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Final question. Do you watch Christmas Hallmark movies? If so, how early? Do you watch Christmas Hallmark movies? Master, tell the truth and shame the devil for the people. What is your answer, dear? Can I say this? You can say it. I do. <laughs> <laughs>
be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Merry Christmas, Anith Navina. Happy birthday, Jesus. Merry Christmas, everybody. My name is Micah, and I'm seven years old. My name is Nova, and my name, and I'm seven years old. Three years old. All righty, well, we're gonna stay up here. Come back, come back. Do you want to stay for this for the reading? Here, come and have a seat, because Pastor Wendy's gonna read you a story. And Ava, thank you for being my book carrier. If we have any children from kindergarten through fourth grade, fifth graders, you can come, but I know it can be a little weird. You may come and join us as I read this story. I have my little special friend, Miss Gabby. Gabby, Gabby, are you going to come and join me? But you all may come up. Miss Andrea is going to help you up. birthday yes but can we have a little fun too does Jesus want us to have fun so I'm going to read a book to you but at the end we are going to say something all together okay so at the end I'm going to hold out my hands and we're going to say Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night can you say that let's practice you say it after me hold your hands up say Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. And then turn to them right there and give them a big kiss. Mwah! Can you do that? Okay. That's what we're going to do at the end. <gasps> I was wondering where my sugars were today. But we're going to sit. Crisscross applesauce. Sorry, Mommy. We let her have a little chocolate Santa before we came on stage. So, Lord, chocolate Santa, be with us. All righty. So, I am going to read to you the night before Christmas. But unlike in school, I'm not going to show you the pictures because we want to give Pastor Ray all the time he needs to preach, okay? So we're going to go fast. Shut your hands up, Pastor Wendy. Say, Pastor Wendy, you got this, girl. The Night Before Christmas by Jan Brett. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. No, don't dance now. Have a seat. It's okay. Sugar plums dance. What are you looking for? Here, come here. Help me turn the pages. While sugar plums danced in their heads and mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down. For a long winter's nap. Everybody yawn. Oh. 
When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, threw open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the crest of the new fallen snow gave luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick I knew in a moment this must be Saint Nick but rapid than eagles his coursers they came and he whistled and shouted and called them by name now Dasher now Dancer now Prancer and Vixen on Comet on Cupid on Donner and Blitzen to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they met with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the courses they flew with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkle I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof as I drew in my head and was turning around down the ch chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed in all fur from head to toe and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. He was dressed in all fur from head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his sack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn like a bow and his beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook like a, that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was a chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the dawn on a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove ever out of sight. Here we go. Repeat after me. Merry Christmas to all. To all a good night. To all a good night. Throw him a kiss. <laughs> all right, let's go this way. One December night, over two thousand years ago, a shining star illuminated a gathering of kings, shepherds, angels, and animals round a baby in a stable. 
was the nativity, and it marked the end of a journey that began on a donkey's back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hold up there, Jeeves. Yeah, I beg your pardon? Your nativity. That's not exactly how it happened. Here, look, let's start with that donkey. Neither of the gospel stories mentions Mary traveling by donkey. And given the 60 miles of rough terrain they traveled, it's more likely they used a wagon. <laughs> Minor details. But then the innkeeper informs them there's no room Again, the Bible doesn't actually mention an innkeeper. And in the Greek, the word inn refers to an upper room in a house, not an actual motel. Oh, blast. Look, wherever it was, there was no room. So, Mary and Joseph were sent to the stable. Uh, no stable. Not in the Bible either. Now you're catching on. And in those days, most animals were typically kept in a cave. A cave? Yuppers. So it could have been that instead of a stable, the Bible doesn't really say. And the Star of Bethlehem? Duh, that's biblical. Well, we're actually right for once. It's a Christmas miracle. Okay, so now came the shepherds and the three kings. No kings. Three kings is from the song. The Bible says magi, which means wise men. Three wise men? That works. Well, not so fast. While the Bible does mention three gifts, it doesn't specify the number of wise men that brought them. You mean there could have been more? Oh yeah, a whole posse even. With a crowd like that, it's a miracle the baby Jesus never cried. What, no crying he makes? That's just a lyric from Away in a Manger, not actual scripture. <laughs> well, of course he was crying. You just added a whole crowd of strange men. Eh, yes and no. There may have been many wise men, but they weren't there that night. You see? Okay, that's enough. Except for the blooming star of Bethlehem, you've just dismantled the most inspiring image of Christian tradition. So what's your point? Point? Well, I guess it's this. Even when all of the man-made traditions are stripped away, the eternal truths still remain. Whether they traveled by donkey or wagon, God brought them safely to the birthplace that was prophesied. Whether born in a stable or cave, God provided shelter in a strange new land. Whether there were three kings, three wise men, or many, God called the elect to bear witness and testimony to the birth of Emmanuel. So whether your manger looks like this, or like this, the one thing that remains unchanged is this. A baby boy, born of a virgin, this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. Bless you, sir. I'll never look at the miracle of December 25th the same way again. December 25th? Oh, I almost forgot. Stop that. Music! Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3.16. Sweet Little Jesus Boy is a Christmas song originally composed by Robert McGimsey, an American composer. 
and published in 1934. The style is similar to African-American spirituals and often thought of as such, since the original lyrics were written in dialect. However, I will be performing it as a recitative, a prayer. The lyrics begin with a stark telling of how Christ was born. Before his birth, the people were looking for certain, a certain image of this magnificent savior of the world, as had been prophesied. But because of the humble circumstances in which he was born, as a child and later a man, he would not be accepted by the world. The lyrics conclude with a more passionate, personal note of forgiveness. In my presentation, I conclude with a declaration of how today I know exactly who Jesus is. didn't know 
I absolutely love that video because it is a beautiful representation, a creative representation of the timeless story of Jesus Christ upon which all of history hinges, uh, the countdown to the birth of Jesus, B.C., before Christ, and then A.D., Anno Domini, the most significant watershed moment in all of human history, surrounds a carpenter's son born in a manger, and 2,000 years later, we all Oh, who we are and what we've become to the life that we celebrate and the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But not just the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, also equally as important was the obedience of his mother, Mary, and the willingness of Joseph to become a surrogate father to this divine miracle that was clothed in flesh in the person of Jesus. This morning, we're going to dive into the Word together, and we're going to pick up where we left off. We've been in a series we've called Christmas Stories. And for us, it's been a countdown uh, to the birth of our Savior, which we celebrate, which we commemorate on December 
25th. There are four themes that we celebrate and we acknowledge during Advent. I mentioned this to you before. I grew up Episcopalian, and Advent was an important part of our annual celebration as we prepared our hearts for Christmas. And so for the last three weeks, today being the fourth week, we've prepared our hearts as we look to God's Word to discover what God's Word has to say about hope, about joy, about peace, and ultimately, fourth and finally, love. Because all four of these virtues are hidden in the Holy Scriptures as we examine the life of Jesus. Hope being a confident, let me back it up, a joyful, confident expectation that God will do what he promised. I don't know what your experiences are. I don't know what you're working through. I don't know what you're navigating today. But at Christmas time and at Advent, you can have a joyful, confident expectation that God is faithful to his promise. Secondly, we talked about, we talked about, we talked about joy. And the mistake we often make about joy is sometimes we think that joy is circumstantial, but that's really what happiness is, right? Life is good, we're happy. Life is bad, we're sad. Joy is an intentional, conscious choice to rejoice, even when the circumstances are difficult. That's the second lesson of Advent. Last week we discovered that God promises to give us peace, not as this world gives. He promises a peace that transcends and surpasses our understanding. And what we discovered last week as we're preparing our hearts for Christmas is peace isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. And when we embrace the peace that God offers, we can find calm in the midst of our chaos. And that's what Jesus meant. Listen, I'm going to give you peace, not as this world gives. Because a secular worldly peace wants to remove chaos. Yet the peace that Jesus gives promises us that we can find calm in the midst of our crisis. Today we're going to look to the text and discover what the scriptures have to say about this fourth theme of Advent, and that is love. Uh, back in the 80s, there was this song that was huge, and it asked this question, I want to know what love is. Come on, somebody. I want you to show me. And the beauty, the beauty of that question is we find the answer in God's word. Throughout God's word, Genesis to Revelation is replete of example, with examples and definitions of what love is. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I've done dozens of uh, weddings, and it's one of the, the favorite passages that brides and grooms want to, to have read at their weddings. And in this passage, Paul gives us a definition of biblical love. There's a reason I'm saying that. And the reason I'm saying that is because I believe that God wants us this year, as we examine this theme of love, 
to make a conscious decision, to make a choice, here it is, to have a Merry Christmas. Not an M-E-R-R-Y Christmas, but an M-A-R-Y Christmas. And so what we're going to examine quickly as we look at the text, and I won't be before you long, Converge. There you are. I was looking for that. Take your time, Pastor. Okay, all right. I have your permission to go a little longer. What does it look like to have a merry Christmas? I don't want to get ahead of myself. But this is what I'll say. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 defines love, and this is what Paul writes. He says, love is patient and kind. Keeps no record of a suffered wrong. Doesn't boast. Isn't haughty. And he goes on and on and he gives. And then this this is what he says in verse 8. He says, love never fails. Why am I saying that? If you and I are going to have a Merry Christmas, not M-E-R-R-Y, but an M-A-R-Y Christmas. It's an invitation to love. And here it is. This is what I want you to hear. It's an invitation to love. But when you accept that invitation to love others, you are accepting an invitation. Here it is to be uncomfortable. Patience is uncomfortable. Slowing your life down so others can catch up is uncomfortable. The scripture says love is patient and it's, you know what that means? It means to be kind while you wait. And if we're going to have a Merry Christmas... And if we're going to choose love, we're making a choice to be uncomfortable. That's the part we don't like. Because most of the decisions and choices we make in life, we make in order to minimize our discomfort. In fact, it's an extremely, extremely popular word these days when you're having a hard conversation. That's making me uncomfortable. Yet sometimes the things that bring us the most discomfort are the things that have the propensity and the capacity and the potential to help us most. And so if we're going to have a Merry Christmas, we have to accept an invitation to be uncomfortable like Mary got uncomfortable. Lord, I'm getting married. No, but I picked you for something totally different. Because God's will doesn't always align with our dream. And I know we, 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 we read the story and, and we talk about Mary and we celebrate, celebrate maybe, but I don't think we, we fully appreciate and understand what Mary had to resolve internally. 
I got to let go of what I want. Listen to me. I've got to let go of what I want in order to lay hold of what God wants. I got to let go to lay hold. I've got to let go to lay hold. And I have to be willing to be uncomfortable. That for the rest of my life, in my obedience to God, everywhere I go, there are going to be whispers of scandal. There are going to be people who unfriend me. There are going to be people who don't believe the stories that I tell them that God appeared to me and what I'm going through right now is actually the work of God. Listen, if you're going to have a Merry Christmas, make the choice right now to be uncomfortable. You know what I call it? I call it the inconvenience of obedience. There is no one in Scripture who obeyed God on their terms. Everyone who obeyed God and everyone who became useful to God had to lay aside their agenda, lay aside their plans to become vessels in God's hand. The question for us this morning, this Christmas, as we consider Mary's life is, how willing are you to be inconvenienced? Sometimes we wonder, why is life so hard? Sometimes life is hard for us because we're not flexible. And that's why we say it here at Converge, blessed are the flexible because they will bend and not break. You know why sometimes life breaks people? It's because they're just too rigid. It's got to be done your way. And you've got to have it your way. Yet Mary's life teaches us this principle of being willing to be uncomfortable. The word uncomfortable is defined as causing or feeling slight pain or physical discomfort. But even more importantly, it means causing or feeling unease or awkwardness. There are going to be some situations in your life that will cause you to be uneasy. In fact, there are going to be some situations in your life where God will, will put you in, that God will put you in, that will cause you to be uneasy and uncomfortable. And sometimes it's in that place that God does his best work. You know why? Nothing productive ever happens in a comfort zone. In fact, the way we say it here at Converges, comfort zones is where dreams go to die. And sometimes we think, well, Lord, why is it taking so long? And the Lord says it's going to change as soon as you're willing to get out of your comfort zone. You're unwilling to embrace disruption. You're unwilling to embrace interruptions. And what I have for you is on the other side of your obedience in the midst of this disruption. Most of us choose safety over obedience to God. And what God wants to challenge us to do 
And I, listen to me, I promise you, I'm about to get off this stage right now because I only have two thoughts. And the first one is be willing to be uncomfortable. The challenge with most of us is we pray, God, use me. And we come to God with our willingness. But we don't realize that sometimes willingness doesn't equal usefulness. In God's economy, God takes willing hearts, he takes willing vessels, and then he takes them through a process in order for those willing vessels to become useful. Okay? Dexter, bring me that pencil. Uh, This is the way most of us go through life. Lord, use me. (laughs) Here I am. Send me. And then God says, you know what? You're willing, but you ain't useful. I can't do anything with this pencil. Even though this pencil has tremendous potential, it has to go through a process in order to become useful. And in order for this pencil that has this potential to become useful, In my hand, it has to be sharpened. Most of us resist inconvenience. Most of us resist discomfort. For those who resist discomfort, this is the totality of all you will ever be. A pencil with a lot of potential that never writes a song, never writes a poem, Never writes a letter because you are afraid of the process that is required for you to go from being simply willing for God to use you to becoming useful. So so Mary says, be it unto me according to your word. I'm willing. Do whatever you want to do. And God said, oh, really? Here we go. Notice, in order for this pencil to become useful, stuff has to be cut off. Stuff has to be removed. Stuff has to be taken away. Oh, not quite there yet. For those of us who try to jump, uh, uh, what's the word I was looking for? The process. And you're wondering why you're going through what you're going through. And God said, well, hold on now. You said, Lord, use me. And God said, I'm going to use you. But I've got to move you from being simply willing to useful. And in order to do that, I've got to sharpen you. Let me tell you something. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this thing. It ain't sharpening fast enough. But you get the picture. When this this pencil gets sharp enough, God starts to use your life, the pencil. But how many of you realize that over time, the pencil gets dull and it has to be sharpened again? And you're wondering why you're going through what you're going through again. And God says, I need a useful vessel. And the process that you're going through is simply to sharpen you.
to make you useful in my hand. And if we're going to have a Merry Christmas where God uproots you from your family and takes you down to Egypt to hide you because Herod is trying to kill your baby. And he said, God, I thought I was, I thought I was being obedient to you. You lose all your friends simply because you are obeying God. Uh, notice what Mary says in or what the angel says when he appears to Mary. He says, blessed, blessed are you among women, highly favored one. And What did that really look like? Because I know those are fancy words we say. But Mary was highly favored. And the man she loved almost put her away. Mary was highly favored. But for most of her life, there were whispers of impropriety. How did they get pregnant? Mm, they said God did it. Highly favored, but she laid on a dirt floor in a manger. This is while she was obeying God. Lord, use me. Yeah, I'll use you if you let me sharpen you. And most of us want the promise of God. But we don't want the process of God. There are many people in this room right now, and you've sat on the bench doing nothing, helping nobody, serving nobody. And you say, God, use me. And God says, you got to love again. Well, I ain't going to do that. That's too painful. I don't mess with church folk. I show up and I leave. Love is an invitation to become uncomfortable again. It's a young lady in our church. Had a medical emergency with one of her daughters. Picked up the phone, listened to me, and called people that she's in relationship with. One of them was in the ER with her until 2 a.m. I was there with them. The other one picked her daughter up from, from work and took her home. That doesn't happen for people who just show up at church and leave. And then when life happens, oh, the church didn't do anything for No, no, no. You are too scared to love. And so when your crisis came, nobody showed up for you. The reason nobody showed up for you was because they didn't even know you existed. Yet we want people to be there for us, but we're unwilling to become uncomfortable. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Mary, Mary, listen to this. Mary was highly favored, but in the middle of the night, she had to leave all she knew and move to a strange town because God said so. Favor never looks like favor at first. Favor sometimes take you, takes you through frustration. It will take you through what appears to be failure. It will take you through some scary places that look like fear. 
do you really want to be favored by God? Because if you want to, then we can take a cue out of Mary's playbook. Because everything Mary experienced, she experienced because she was hand-picked by God. Listen to me. Right now, this Christmas, you may be in your deepest, darkest valley. But there in that place where no one sees you, where no one hears you, and you feel like no one understands, just whisper to yourself, this is only the beginning, not the end. This thing that I'm going through will turn out for my good and ultimately for God's glory because I am favored. And everything that I'm going through now is God sharpening me so that I go from being a willing vessel to being a useful vessel. That's how you have a Merry Christmas. Be willing to be uncomfortable. That family member, that friend that you don't even want to see. You have uninvited them from your Christmas dinner. Maybe this Christmas God wants you to get uncomfortable so that he can use you to re reach them. Because the fourth theme is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. And when we say, I want to know what love is, God's answer is, I'm giving you an invitation to become very uncomfortable. Uh, this is where I close. Just two things. Be willing to be uncomfortable. Embrace the inconvenience of obedience. Number two, uncomfortable means I go beyond being willing to becoming useful. And becoming useful means I go through God's process. Ah, oh, man, I want to stay there a little bit longer. Yeesh. I'll say it again. Nothing productive will ever come out of your comfort zone. Life on your terms. As you dictate it, nothing good comes out of it. Nothing good comes out of it. Number two, and this is where I close. If you're going to have a merry Christmas, we take cues from her and her willingness to be uncomfortable, to embrace the inconvenience of obedience. The second thing we find is Mary's gratitude is Mary's gratitude. Because in the midst of this disruption, when she has to lay aside her plans, lay aside her dreams for God's plan, in Luke chapter 2, she lifts up a song of worship to God. Listen to me. I got notes, but I'm just going to speak from my heart. Because this is the time of the year where most of us, instead of taking inventory of what we do have, we become fixated on the things we don't have. 
and at a time when we should be offering our gratitude to God, our response is murmuring and complaining. And I was in prayer this morning, and I felt like the Lord said to me, tell these people, if they can't be generous, because they don't have it, listen to me, Mary and Joseph brought an, a sacrifice to the temple. It was two pigeons and two turtle doves, and that was the sacrifice that you were supposed to bring if you couldn't afford a lamb. You know what that means? While they were obeying God, they didn't even have enough to give God the proper sacrifice. I'm talking about having a Merry Christmas. And most of us, that would stop us in our tracks. And no point serving God, giving everything I have to God. And I even got enough to bring a proper sacrifice as I'm dedicating this gift, Jesus, that you gave us, and I can't even give you a lamb. I can only give you two. This is what the Lord said. This Christmas, if you can't be generous, be grateful. Just be grateful. Just be grateful for what you do have. Just be grateful. Gratitude. Listen to me. I don't know if the cup is half empty or half full. I'm just glad I got a cup. You, you, you've heard, that you, you've, you've probably seen it on social media. Said, I complained about not having shoes until I saw a man with no feet. Gratitude. Maybe what you have is not enough to be generous. But you got something to give. And that is your gratitude. I was talking to a friend. I forget now who it was. And it was recently, about 48 hours ago. Yeah. I was sitting with a friend of mine who just lost his son. Senseless act of violence. And it was crazy because early that morning, Trey, when I got in my car, first thought I had, was I'm alive. There were people who, listen to me, who did not get out the bed this morning. But you're here. You're alive. Breath in your lungs. Clothes on your back. You may not have a designer label. Gratitude. For the last four or five weeks, we've been collecting winter clothes for our neighbors, our brothers and sisters in need in this community. When I met with the founder of, uh, 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 um, oh, what's the name of the, the organization? Um, I forget now. This is what he told me. Say again. Yeah, I forget now. Showers. Um, Street showers, I forget now what it is. He said 50% of the people they serve have jobs, but they're homeless. 
because they can't afford an apartment in Collin County. And maybe you showed up this morning and you have a roof over your head. If you're going to have a Merry Christmas, give thanks. Be willing to be uncomfortable. And be grateful. Let me put that in perspective. I grew up in Liberia, West Africa, and we listened to a lot of reggae music, Chuck. So Bob Marley was our icon. You know one of the things that Bob Marley said at the pinnacle of his career? He said, some people are so poor that all they have is money. No, I'll say that again so you can get it. Because for most of us, our gratitude is attached to what we have. Yet there are people who have a lot. Ain't never seen their kids in decades. Because all they have is money. There are some people who have a lot of money. No peace of mind. Some people have a lot of and no health. There's more you have in your life right now that you ought to be grateful for than just how many zeros you have in your bank. Because some people are so poor. Poor in relationships, poor in their peace, poor in their joy. And all they got is a whole lot of money. In fact, they made money their ultimate pursuit. And like Zig Ziglar said, most people spend their lives climbing the ladder of success only to find that it's leaning against the wrong building. If we're going to have a Merry Christmas this year, choose love. And love is always willing to be uncomfortable. God, stretch me. God, help me. God, help me to go beyond my comfort zone. God, help me to go beyond the last person that hurt me. Lord, help me to trust again. God, I don't just want to be willing. I want to be useful. And sometimes the thing God uses to sharpen us It's not just circumstances. Sometimes it's people. And so this is where I close. Is this my third and final closing? I promise you, third and final, this is where I close. The band can come. Paul writes, as we close out our Advent series, In 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. My life is just noisy. I can have all these outward sort of spiritual expressions, but if I don't have love, it's just noise. Verse 2 says that though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Notice verse 4. This is the invitation to become uncomfortable. Love suffers long and is kind. It's kind while it's suffering. It doesn't use suffering as an excuse to be bitter and mean and self-absorbed. Love does not envy. Love doesn't parade itself. Love isn't puffed up. Love doesn't behave, here it is, rudely. Doesn't behave rudely. Even people that have a hard time with, Lord, I'm going to be uncomfortable with them. And I will choose to be kind, not rude. Notice verse 5, love does not seek its own. Love is not easily provoked. Love thinks no evil. It believes the best, listen to me, even when the worst has been displayed. That's love. It doesn't rejoice in, in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Here it is. It bears all things. It gets uncomfortable. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And love endures all things. And here it is. Three most important words in that entire chapter. Why we ought to choose love? Because love never fails. If you make the choice to love, if you make the choice to be uncomfortable in your love, if you make the choice to be grateful, the scripture says, love never. Listen to me. If you choose to love people, even when they don't love you, if you choose to love people, even when the situations and circumstances are not ideal, you have a three-word guarantee from God's word that your choice, the inconvenience of obedience, never fails. Let's pray. Father, would you seal this word in our hearts and give us a Merry Christmas? God, it's not just about what you do for us. God, it's also about what you allow, what we allow you to do in us. God, would you give us the willingness to embrace being uncomfortable? Move us from willingness to usefulness. Take us through the process so that we can become all that you have created and called us to be. And Lord, for that one going through a difficult season, we don't minimize that. Times are hard. But God, we take a play from Mary's, a page from Mary's playbook, and we give thanks, even in the midst of interruptions, even in the midst of disruptions, even in the midst of our disappointments, to simply give thanks for what we do have without complaining, 
of what we don't have. We thank you for that now. In the strong name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody today? All righty. I've got to let y'all go, but before we do that, we have one last order of business, and uh, we want to celebrate and close out today's worship experience with our candle lighting service. And this is more than just a tradition. It's more than just a symbol, even though it is. But it reminds us of what Jesus said in John chapter 8. Jesus said, I am, and Pastor Wendy, if you would join me on stage. Uh, Nia and Levi, why don't you guys join us as well, please? Thank you. Come on down, Levi. Jesus says two things uh, that we're going to highlight as we prepare to dismiss. Number one, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and whoever lives in me will not live in darkness. But then he goes on in uh, Matthew chapter 5, and he says, you, talking about you and me, you are the light of the world. And he says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good deeds, that they will see your love, that they will see your gratitude, that they will see your willingness to be inconvenienced in your obedience to God. They will see your willingness to be uncomfortable. And as a result of the light you reflect, it will cause men, it will cause them to glorify our Father in heaven. And so tonight, or this morning, we don't only acknowledge Jesus as the light of the world, we also acknowledge the fact that Jesus has called us. He's invited us to be the light to a hurting and broken generation with our gratitude and with our love. Uh, do we have a lighter? Come on down. Everyone has a candle, right? If you would, just stand with us. And uh, the worship team is going to lead us in a song of worship. And Pastor Wendy and I are going to make our way to you. Amen. Pastor Wendy, why don't you guys come and join me? Nia, Levi. I'm going to pray and then we'll make our way to you and light those candles. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. This Christmas, God, would you use us to be a light to those around us? That from our lips will come worship and adoration and praise, will come thanksgiving and gratitude for all that you have already done for us. That God will take your word as an example of how to respond in the midst of our crisis as Mary did with gratitude. And Lord, I pray again that you would give us the grace to embrace those moments of discomfort because you're making us better, not bitter, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The worship team is going to lead us in song as we make our way to you.
all of you for being here with us in this celebration. It's a celebration whereby we celebrate God giving us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And I pray today that you abide by what Pastor has admonished us to do or encouraged us to do. Let's go home and slow down. Let's take a break and focus on what God has done for us. He's given us the greatest gift that we can receive. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today and we bless your name. Thank you, 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 thank you for your son Jesus. God bless your people as we leave today with the mind to celebrate the greatest gift of all, your son Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say together, Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next year. I really want to know you better. This Christmas, and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together this christmas by your side is blazing
impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchweareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.